Hi, and welcome to the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast. If you're tired of yo-yo dieting and want to learn how to permanently lose the weight in a way that it's simple, easy, and fun, you are in the right place because I can teach you how. I am your host, Chris Berlingeri, MD. Come on, let's go. Hello, my friends. How are you? And welcome back to the podcast. I want to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who have rated the podcast. I am now in 40 ratings and, you know, my goal is to reach 10. 10 more to go, people. Let's go. I know you're there listening. Help me help others find the podcast. Remember, the more ratings a podcast has, the easier it is for other people to find it. And if you have found this helpful, let's go ahead and help others find this podcast so they can stop their diet mentality, stop unnecessary suffering in their weight loss journey and achieve their goals in the way that I'm teaching you to do it. Come on, let's go reach 50 rating. Who's with me? And it's my birthday. If you're listening this episode, the day that it airs, my birthday is in a couple of days. My birthday is on May 16. And I would love to celebrate waking up to those 50 ratings. Come on. Why don't you do this for me, for my birthday, and for the other people out there who desperately need this help? Let's do it. Okay. So today I want to talk about emotional childhood, how it applies in weight loss and how to transitioning, how to transition into emotional adulthood. I also want to teach you about a concept called the relationships manual that if you don't know about it, when you learn about this, it will blow your mind. And it's something that when you become aware of it, it's going to change every relationship that you have, even the one with yourself. So let me first start by explaining and reviewing what are emotions, because if we're going to talk about emotional childhood and emotional adulthood, let's first review what are emotions. And emotions is, is the same as feelings. And feelings, as you may recall from previous episodes, are the physical response to a thought that we're having. Usually feelings are described with a one word description, like one word, and some people describe it as a vibration in their bodies. Widely, emotions or feelings can be categorized into positive emotions or negative emotions, emotions that open you up and emotions that close you down. And as I state over and over again, the normal human experience is to feel about a 50-50 combination of them. Even like, even if you're a millionaire, if you're skinny, if you have, if you have achieved all your goals, whatever they are, if you're married with kids, no kids, single, living the life, YOLO, whatever, it's going to be a combination of negative emotions and positive, positive emotion. It's just going to be a different set of ones. But again, the goal in life is not to be a hundred percent happy all the time because there are situations that you want to feel sad. You want to be angry about because out of those emotions, sometimes change comes to you. And when sad things happen, you want to feel sad about them. Otherwise, you could be a sociopath, like being happy that like the Holocaust happened or happy that um, about incest and abusing kids. We don't want to be happy about that, right? So again, the goal is 50-50 and to be able to process and tolerate 
the 50% that is negative that usually we try to suppress or avoid. And there's a whole episode on feelings and how to process them. And again, examples of emotions or feelings are happy, sad, angry, shame, excited, motivated, guilty, frustrated, unstoppable. Usually it's a one word description of something that is happening in your body. When we have a thought, which is a sentence in our brain, our brain produces a chemical reaction creating sensations in our body. And those sensations are our feelings. So our feelings are how we feel. <laughs> Sorry for the redundance, right? It's um, the physical manifestation, I shall say. A feeling is or emotion is the physical manifestation of a sentence in our brain, of a thought. Okay? So an example. My son loves to scare me. Whenever I go to work out very early in the morning when it's still dark, And when I come home, he's the one, the first one up, and he tries to scare me. So let's say I'm coming into my house, and I start hearing some noises. It's dark. I could have the thought, oh, I wonder who's there. Maybe there's somebody got into the house. That thought, right, is going to create some a fight-or-flight response. My heartbeat is going to race. My hands are going to get clammy and I'm going to maybe hide, yell, whatever. That's the action that we take in response to the feeling. The feeling in this case is fear. And then my body is going to sense it again with rapid heart rate, um, like uh, clammy hands. Maybe I get a knot in my stomach. Okay, I'm feeling fear. On the other hand, if it's my birthday, which is coming up, And I get to my home from dinner and I may listen to some sounds. I may get the same sensation, but I'm going to be thinking maybe my husband planned a surprise party for me. And I'm going to get a rapid heartbeat, maybe clammy hands. But in this case, it's excitement. I'm feeling excited. I'm just going to go turn on the lights, look to my husband, ask him a question. What do you do? Right? So it is very important to understand that every feeling or emotion that we have is generated from the inside of us. And again, it is due to our own thoughts. Sometimes they can seem scary and feel very uncomfortable, but we need to realize that it won't kill us. We may feel like we're going to die, like in that example, but we need to remind ourselves that we won't. Sometimes feelings are like that alarm that goes off in the hotel in the middle, like when you're sleeping, you don't just go around and leave the room in PJs or naked. If you're taking a shower, you're just kind of like, wait to see if the alarm was put off my mistake, if it's a drill, if it's a child playing with it. You just wait a little bit, right? So that's the same with feelings. Feelings, if we allow them, they're going to run its course. Again, it's a chemical reaction. And they're just going to go by, away. They're not going to kill us. So we need to remind ourselves that we are safe because that's why we eat when we are stressed or sad or excited or worried because those emotions can be uncomfortable to go through. So we want to numb them with food. It's like glasses when they're filled with water and you try to rub the rim of the glass and then make a high pitched sound. 
the emptier the glass, the more it vibrates and the higher pitch is the sound. So when we eat, it's like that glass gets fuller. We vibrate less. We feel less. The intensity of the emotions calm down. So we're literally overeating to feel safe. Okay? So please have some compassion for yourself. When you are engaging in these habits of eating because you're stressed or bored or anxious or angry or excited, really what's underlying there, you want to feel safe. Because in those instances, your body is interpreting that as you're not safe, we're going to die. Okay, so what I want to get to today is that many times we blame others or something outside of us for how we are feeling. Either we blame our husbands for our anger, we blame our kids for our disappointment, we blame our parents for our sadness, we blame our colleagues for our frustrations. But my friends, we're always responsible for the feelings that we have. Always. And this is not for you to start feeling shameful. Because again, the old, and also to remember that the ultimate goal is not to feel good all the time. Because that would just be weird and not really a whole human experience. Negative emotions exist for a reason. So the goal is not to not feel them. Again, the goal is not not to feel them. The goal is awareness. Become aware of them. Because just by becoming aware of them and realizing that you are generating that emotion with your thoughts, it prevents you from starting that shame and blame cycle that I speak about in another episode. And we avoid then unnecessary suffering. Otherwise, we're going to add more suffering to the 50% that is already negative. So whenever you're having an emotion, you can ask the question, why am I feeling this way? Why am I sad? Why am I excited? Why am I frustrated? And the answer will be the thought. A thought you generated yourself in your own brain. A thought is a sentence in your brain. But it gets tricky because you will think that what caused the feeling was a circumstance. Something that someone said or did. But in reality, what generates the feeling is your interpretation about that. Your own thoughts about what they did. Your own thoughts about what they said. Let's give some examples. It's Saturday morning, you have three kids, it's 9 a.m., and you are, there's some yelling, some crying going around, little Johnny took away the doll from Gabby, and hot mess. You have been up since 6 a.m. dealing with the kids. Your husband is sleeping. You get angry at your husband, and you're like, Chris, I'm angry because he's sleeping. I'm like, no, why are you angry? And when you think about it, you're angry because... You think that he should not be sleeping, that he should know that you need help. You're angry because you're interpreting that as your husband doesn't care. He doesn't care that I'm struggling and that I'm tired. And he doesn't care because he's not waking up. Husband has no clue. He's in like REM, cloud nine, dreaming. He doesn't hear you, right? So from there, we can step into, again, like I have another episode on that, on how to change our thoughts. But again, it's not the husband sleeping, it's your thought. What you make it mean generates that feeling. So then we blame them. 
a promotion. You get a promotion, you're excited, and you think you are excited because of the promotion. No, my friend, that's the circumstance. You got a promotion. That's a fact. You are excited because you're probably thinking, I am recognized. I am worthy. I have value. Those are the thoughts generating the excitement. Your child gets good grade, then you feel proud that you're a good mom. It's not your child getting good grades. It's the thought, I am a good mom, or I did good. It's not the good grades. It's what you make it mean about yourself that generates the feeling. People offer you food, or let's put this one. People tell, I had a client once tell me that, you know, she was trying to lose weight and she was eating French fries and her mother-in-law told her, should you be eating that? And she got so upset that she ate the entire bowl of French fries. And you can say, well, evidently she got upset because her mother-in-law said that. But she didn't get upset because the words that her mother-in-law said, she got upset by what she interpreted those. Maybe she was thinking, she thinks I need to lose weight. She thinks I'm overweight. Who is she to tell me what to eat or not eat? Right? It's the interpretation. The number on the scale. People, the scale just puts out a number. The scale number is just your gravitational pull on earth. Okay, that's all that number means. But you make that number mean that you are not worthy, that you are lazy, that you're not doing enough, that you're not taking care of yourself. You make it mean everything, like the, the barometer of how good you are, of how um, consistent you are. You make it mean so much. So again, in those cases... You are delegating your emotions to something else. And that's emotional childhood. Because children, from the moment they enter the world, they need someone to take care of them, for them to survive. They need adults to supply them with basic necessities, shelter, clothing, food, water, right? These are things that a child cannot really obtain by themselves. And again, they rely on other humans other adults, to supply this for them. Otherwise, they may even die. So when we are in emotional childhood, we are basically delegating our emotional well-being, our feelings, to someone else, like another adult, another child, our children, the scale, our boss. Like in the examples that I just gave, we're delegating that person or the weight, the scale, how we're going to feel that day. Instead of us owning ourselves, the feelings that we have being adults, owning, taking responsibility for our own feelings. So do you see the pattern that when we place how we feel, our emotion, feeling good, feeling bad, having a good day, having a bad day, in other people's actions, and again, this is not to judge your thoughts and emotions as good or bad. The goal is awareness. Awareness that you're creating your own experience. You are creating that for yourself. All emotions are important and they actually tell us something important about what matters to us. But when we don't have this awareness, we feel like we're living at the mercy of other people and at the mercy of circumstances. We wait for people and situations to change in order to create the life that we want. And when we want to feel good, 
in order to do the things we want to do. And we think it's up to others to provide us with those good feelings. Guess what happens? We start manipulating people, bargaining with them, people pleasing them. We have created in our mind a set of instructions, a manual of instruction for them on how they need to behave and what they need to do, what they need to say or not say in order for us to feel good. And by the way, we don't even tell them of this manual. We don't tell them, hey, listen, this is how you need to behave. This is what you need to say for me to be happy. We don't even tell them. So we, you know, we set ourselves for what? When they, do, when they don't do those things. Right? Like a child, when they say the wrong, quote unquote, thing, then we get to throw a tantrum because they didn't follow our instructions manual for them. And we're usually not aware of this instructions manual we have for our loved ones, but, but we do. Just think about it. It's called expectations. And I invite you to do this exercise with people the most close to you and ask yourself, in my perfect world, in order for me to feel amazing, how is this person behaving? What are they saying? What are they doing? And then ask yourself, what would I be feeling if they behave like that? And I invite you to do this with your own self. This is a game changer. In a perfect world, what are you doing and saying as a mom, as a friend, as a daughter, as a wife, as a Christian? How is your body behaving? What is the manual? Like, what is your expectation of your body, of yourself in the, in the different situations? And why? Why do you have those expectations? What do you get to feel if you operated like this? Proud? Accomplished? Can you see why the manual is a recipe for complete disaster and disappointment? Because we created in our brain. It's not like the universe handed us this manual. Actually, the universe, God, he created people that surround you just as they are. He's the one with the manual, not you. So again, that manual is a tool that may seem necessary. Our brain creates it like for our own safety, quote unquote, but really it's the source of much unnecessary suffering. What if you could accept people, the reality of people, and the reality of yourself, just as they are, just as you are? And then after becoming aware of that reality, then you can decide how you want to proceed in order to create the life that you want. You can pause and ask yourself, how do I want to feel in this situation? Maybe I just need to talk to them and express how I feel. Maybe I need to just actually tell my husband I need help. Right? Because, you know, usually the expectations that we have of our own self are the expectations that we have of others. We don't fully love ourselves, so we need other people to do that for us. We don't support ourselves, so we need people to support us. We don't accept ourselves, so we long for acceptance from others. But if you don't really start with yourself, you're not going to see it even when others are showing it to you. You need to start working on the belief that you're 100% worthy, 100% lovable, no matter what. And other people are too. And really, we're all trying the best that we can. And as a Christian and as a theologian, 
you know, I always try to give a gospel lens on my teaching. And there's your business, there's other people's business, and there's God's business. You have been placed in a particular place and time surrounded by certain individuals, and it is not your job to change them. Your job is, if you're a Christian and are aggravated by the circumstances around you, a great question to ask in prayer is, God, what are you trying to show me about my heart here? What do I need to work on myself? And then how can you use that situation to get closer to God and to be more Christ-like? Because again, we cannot change people or circumstances, but we can totally change our thoughts. We can totally change our feelings and our reactions about those things. Because if you are waiting for people or circumstances to change in order to get to feel good, in order to create the life that you want, my friends, you could be waiting until the good Lord calls you to be with him. Okay? And if you want to take this to the next level and work through those daily situations that you think are preventing you from creating the life that you want, that's exactly what I do with my clients in my program. And then you can see how others, they have the same situations like you, and you can see from their example how they get to manage around them, how I teach them to do it, and then you can also learn from that to start creating the life that you want. So if you're interested in working with me, make sure you visit my webpage, chrisberlingerimd.com. Follow me on social media, Chris MD in Facebook and Coach MD on Instagram. And you can just ask me a question and ask me anything you want about my program. That way you take this to the next level. What are you waiting for? I'll see you there. I love you. I'll see you next week and I'll be one year older. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you for joining me today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a beat. Also, if this was helpful for you, share it with a friend and also you can share it in social media. It helps get the podcast to more and more people. Also, if you want to download my free planning guide, make sure you go to my website, chrisberlingerimd.com. I would love to see you there. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.